Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week, my guest, um, I'm super excited to learn all of her tips. Um, She is a sales coach for women who run B2B consulting and coaching businesses, and she's also the founder of Smart Gets Paid. So thanks for joining me, Leah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I am super excited. Um, I feel like sales is something um, my listeners and myself and, you know, just business owners in general kind of get nervous about. So I just can't wait for this conversation. Well, I know what that's like because I am a sales coach, but I didn't come from sales. So I know exactly how nerve wracking it is and uh, how much it freaks you out. So I'm, I'm here with all of you. Hey, awesome. Well, yeah, let's pop your bubbly first. Um, all right. I was saving. Yeah, I was saving this for this conversation. Uh, okay, let's see if I can do this, you guys. <laughs> you, all right, here we go. I heard it. Oh, was, did that pop or was that? It, no, it popped. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay yay. Already... All right. That's awesome. Go. I know you have your champagne. Now I have mine. So I'm ready. Yes, I know. Yeah. Um, like I said, my, I already popped mine, but well, it was, I opened the can. <laughs> Cause I just find that they're like easier servings. And have you tried any of like the canned champagnes? Or not yet, but, um, so right now I'm stay where I'm staying is in wine country so, uh, on Long Island. And so I feel like I have to sort of go with the, you know, the bottles. Yeah. Right now. No, that makes total sense. You know, like when you're there and experiencing that, that's great. Um, but yeah, I'm like a sucker for like the cans or bottles or anything like that that has a really cute logo and so like the canned people have like totally upped their game and it just sucked me in with their with their branding <laughs> oh, totally if I was making a wine label I would just focus all of it on branding and like five percent on the wine because yeah. that's how you shop that's oh. how a lot of people shop for wine yeah totally I'm like you have a pink unicorn on your can yeah I'm gonna buy it it's not that great <laughs> but I'm gonna keep buying it <laughs> Yeah, the pink unicorn market is huge yes, for, exactly. uh, for wine. I know. My daughter was like, oh, I want some. I'm like, you're 11. She didn't realize it was champagne because she just thought it was like cute can. So yeah, they're doing a, <laughs> a good job for sure. But um, yeah, let's dive in. I cannot wait to hear your story and how you got started and how you got into sales. So yeah, let's dive in. Sure. Well, so I got started like a lot of people almost by accident. So my background is in corporate marketing. I worked at large advertising agencies. And then I went in-house to a, you know, mid-sized software company, all in corporate marketing. And then in 2010, I quit my job to travel the world uh, and what was going to be a year long trip. Uh, So I was with my girlfriend at the time. So we go on this trip and, and, you know, we were going to squeeze basically the entire year into or sorry, the, the entire world into a year. And as we were going along, we were backpacking, going super fast from town to town. And we realized that we really weren't seeing or experiencing any of the places where we were. And so we decided to slow down, 
slow mm-hmm. our trip down. And instead of trying to squeeze the entire world into a year and then go back to an office job, we decided to start a business that would allow us to live anywhere for as long as we wanted. So that's how our first consultancy was started. Uh, it was a website and design firm. And so we ran that for a while and we came back to the States. We actually cut our trip short after about eight months, came back to the States to try to get new clients so that we could continue traveling. And as soon as I stepped back on U.S. soil, I freaked out. Like all of my corporate conditioning came back with a vengeance. I was like, I need a salary. I need a 401k. (laughs) I need health insurance, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And even though... Our only job at the time was to try to get new clients so that we could keep traveling. I just could not do it. Like I just could, I was so in my own way. It freaked me out. I'm a total introvert. And I actually went back and got a corporate job again. And, you know, two weeks into that, I realized that was a huge mistake, but uh, I lasted about six months before I realized I did actually want to run my own business. But if I was going to do that, I had to learn how to sell. So I essentially taught myself because I didn't want to, you know, do it like salesy sales guys do it. Mm -hmm. And so I taught myself and I developed a selling methodology that really works and feels super comfortable. And, uh, and using that selling methodology, I've closed, I have a 92% close rate Mm -hmm. and I've sold over $3 million in work. And that's the methodology that I teach women now, because Like I said, I've never, I didn't come from this background. I know exactly how hard it is, but I also know that it's possible to learn how to do it and feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is such a cool story. Um, And I love that you taught yourself because I feel like, you know, as entrepreneurs, we do that a lot. You know what I mean? And it's just like one of our kind of like quirks, I guess, is to always learn. Like that seems to be like a theme that I've, you know, over the last year of the podcast, like just picked up on. So I just love that you're doing that. Yeah, I work with a lot of, and I, mean, I know you talk to a lot of, uh, you know, women, I'm sure who are just intellectually curious, you yeah. know, and I've always been that way. And whenever I want to learn how to do something, it always starts with reading about it. And mm-hmm. so I read 65 books um, and anything, and I, I was using what I was learning, you know, at the time I would like test out everything with my own clients and anything that felt salesy, I just ditched immediately. Mm-hmm. But anything that felt comfortable, I I kept and started working with. And over time, I I didn't realize it really at the time, but I was developing a selling methodology that that really did work and and feel comfortable for an introvert like me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And do you, I I didn't know you have a podcast as well. And then you have a few other programs too, like with LinkedIn. Is that one of your like main, you know, tools that you use? Yeah. So you know, to, to sell, right. You have to know how to help people say yes, but you also have to have people to talk to. And so, you know, where all of my clients are, and even my clients, the clients of my clients are on LinkedIn, but it took me actually a long time to get there because I spent a long time, like trying to do all the things, Mm -hmm. you know, like all the marketings, um, and a lot of random acts of marketing really. But then I realized that, you know, LinkedIn was this really amazing tool that was kind of right under my nose. Yeah. Yeah. I love LinkedIn. Although, you know, I'm not going to lie. I get flooded with like spam inbox stuff all the time. Do you get that? Oh yeah. I hate that. I do too. You know? And, and I'm I like, think, oh, come on people. And it's, <laughs> it's such, it, oh, totally. It's like, it's such a turnoff yeah. from a business perspective. And of course there's it's also a turnoff from, you know, those guys who are like, hi, or, you know, they like hit on you or whatever. Yeah. 
but I think it causes a lot of women to not want to do LinkedIn because it just feels like, I think they, they start to assume that if I'm going to, you know, quote unquote, do LinkedIn for my business, I have to do that too. But mm-hmm. you actually don't have to send, well, any pitch messages and certainly not spammy pitch messages, but you can start to use LinkedIn for your business and use it to get clients reaching out to you and establish yourself as an expert and an authority and really stand out from your competition without sending a single message. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And is that that's what you teach in your 21 day accelerator? Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah. So, they can sign yeah. Up. <laughs> so yeah, I have a program called pack your pipeline. I, it's a program that you can sign up for at any time, but a couple times a year, I also run a 21 day accelerator, but it teaches you how to really use what you already know about your, you know, what you do and uses that to get in front of your ideal clients, uh, help them start to get interested in learning about you and ultimately help them take the next step to work with you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, okay. So other than like super spammy messages, clearly a mistake, like what, what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of your clients making when they're like trying to get clients or, you know, they're just getting started, like some of those things that you see? Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there are first, there are a couple of different phases of trying to get clients for your business. When you're just starting out, uh, in the first phase, you sort of tell everybody that you have a business and the people who love you want to support you and they mm-hmm. either hire you or refer you. And that is great. But you can sort of be lulled into a false sense of security that that's, it's going to be that easy all the time to mm-hmm. get clients. So the first mistake that I see women making is sort of getting a little too just, you know, sort of comfortable in that false sense of security, uh, because that does sort of wear out after a time that, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of, uh, the low hanging fruit of clients. The second phase is when women start to, uh, you know, they sort of realize that they need to get clients or they realize that they need to sell. And the second mistake is sort of a mindset mistake, which is, that they think that uh, selling is either something you have or you don't, and they don't have it. So have you ever heard anybody say like, uh, you know, I'm just not a salesperson, right? Or Mm -hmm. you probably thought that. I know I definitely thought that too. Totally. But if you've already sort of decided that you can't sell and you can't get clients, then, you know, how could you possibly do it in a way that feels comfortable? So what I want to share with everybody is that even for a total introvert like me, (laughs) you can learn how to sell and feel really comfortable doing it and be very successful at it um, and build great relationships with your clients. Even if you think, oh, you know, I just, I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. And then the third is, feeling like you have to do all of the bad behavior that you see, right? The LinkedIn messages, the, uh, you know, braggy posts, the clickbait posts on LinkedIn. Yes. You can, you know, I'm a big believer that LinkedIn is actually not a platform for selling. LinkedIn is a place where you can establish yourself as an authority in front of the right people and sort of help them along in that education process which which essentially maps to how people actually make purchase decisions anyway. Um, but just because you see somebody else doing something that you don't like doesn't mean you have to do it. So just you know, remembering that there are 
other ways and ways that feel a lot more comfortable. Yeah, totally. Cause yeah, I mean, if we have the mindset like that, that kind of leads to our thoughts, which leads to like our actions or lack of action, you know what I mean? It all kind of stems from that. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, so what, what are you, do you have any tips on establish, like how to, you know, somebody's like, okay, now I need to like establish myself as an authority on LinkedIn. Like what would your like tip be or like, where could they get started? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, the first place to start is your profile. And, but, you know, but a lot of women, you know, go to their profile and they sort of update their title to, you know, founder, CEO of their own business and they call it a day. They're like, Mm -hmm. I've done LinkedIn, but your profile is really an incredible opportunity to establish your expertise, really communicate your value Mm -hmm. and start to help clients take the next step. I actually, there are, there are some mistakes that I see women making all the time, but there are seven things that are very specific strategic things that you can do on your profile. I actually put those together in a guide called the one page, or sorry, the one hour LinkedIn profile power up, which uh, you can get at smart. You can get at smartgetspaid.com slash profile. But I just want to help, you know, women avoid all of the missteps that I make or, you know, that I made when I got started and that I see women making today. Awesome. I'll make sure to put that in the podcast notes. That'll be, that's fantastic. And I'm going to download it when we get off this call too. <laughs> Cause I'm like, now I'm thinking awesome. I'm like, what is in my profile? I haven't looked at that in a while, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing, you know, a lot of us, you know, we start with, we get on LinkedIn a, a lot. We, people have been on LinkedIn for years and not yeah. had and not done anything with it. Right. I think I joined it maybe an early job I had or, you know, something, it just sort of like sits there. It's almost like set it and forget it. But Mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you know what to do, then you can actually start to use it to get really great visibility in front of your ideal clients and sort of stop being the world's best kept secret. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I feel like LinkedIn's come a long way, you know, like, I mean, I feel like back like a few years ago, um, especially before like the past few years and I've done updates, but it's like, you know, you kind of stick your resume there and like, that's it. You know, like there wasn't a lot of like connections. There wasn't like the networking, like I felt like it was just kind of cold, you know, but it's definitely like had a lot of changes and updates in recent years. Yeah. Well, Microsoft purchased it and they just injected a huge amount of cash into it. So the platform itself has gotten better, but I think also the quality of engagement on there and interactions has gotten better. A lot of people are trying to get off of, you know, other social media platforms that we all know uh, for various reasons. And LinkedIn mm-hmm. is still a, you know, a space where it's uh, people keep it pretty professional. Yeah, totally. So do you, is that one of your biggest tools that you use as LinkedIn to get, you know, get new clients and make connections and, you know, all of that? Absolutely. The system I share in Pack Your Pipeline, I'm actually using it in my business every single day. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. I love that. Um, and yeah, and so I also love too, like, so Smart Gets Paid. Like, how did you come up with that name? You know, and like, I just, I would love to hear more too about like your journey into to just starting that, like your whole business. Yeah. Well, so the first name I had for my business was, this is like, it's actually, it does not roll off a tongue. It was GrowthWorks. <laughs> solutions. I was really into the idea of, um, almost like factories, you know, Mm -hmm. like a, um, uh, you know, glass works or something. Right. But growth work solutions is very cumbersome to say, and it really doesn't say anything. So 
I, uh, when I rebranded to smart gets paid, I really spent a lot of time talking to, and, you know, thinking about my people and my people are, you know, the women who I want to help and who I can help the most are whip smart are so ambition and sorry, ambitious and driven and so, you know, hard on themselves as well, right? Like all sort of type A overachievers are. And it just, what I heard from so many of them is I don't understand why this is so hard. Mm-hmm. I'm too smart for this to be so hard. And I truly believe that, you know, you can use that drive and that ambition and those that your intellect to learn how to do something that previously feel, felt difficult and use it to get paid a whole lot more for your expertise. Oh, I love that. It makes total sense. Yeah. I I feel like we do, we make it really hard on ourselves sometimes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and it's a struggle that I had as well. You know, like I, when I was feeling so paralyzed, when I couldn't sell, when I couldn't pick up the phone, when I felt so weird, uh, you know, sending an email to follow up with a prospect, you know, I'm really hard on myself too. And so the difficulty in actually doing the thing, right? Like sending a follow-up email was just made so much worse by the pressure I put on myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, beating myself up for not knowing how to do it. So I really understand what it's like when you are this type of person feeling so uncomfortable when you can't do something, but I want to show that there's a different way, a better way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And so, yeah, being comfortable and stuff like that. This is like one of my favorite questions that I like to ask on the podcast is like, you know, how do you get out of your comfort zone, like to grow your business or even personally, you know, like, um, is there any like advice or tips that you have on, on that? How do I get out of my comfort zone? Yeah. Well, I have to tell you, you know, I love my comfort zone. I think a lot (laughs) of us do. Yeah. And you have to make a real effort to get out of it. A perfect example is in my podcast. I, the idea of doing solo episodes really freaked me out. I knew that my podcast um, was going to be sort of a listening in style where Mm -hmm. you can listen in on my coaching calls as together with my clients, we sort of solve their biggest sales challenges. That part was fine. The listening in part, but the solos really freaked me out. So in season one, I was like, no solos. I just can't. So, but in season two, I thought, what kind of a coach would I be if I really, if I encouraged my students and my clients to, you know, overcome their own resistance, but here I was really sticking in my comfort zone. (laughs) So I, so I did it, you know, in season two, now I'm doing solo episodes and I can't say that it's super comfortable, but you know, I, I owe it to my clients and I owe it to my listeners to show that even if something's uncomfortable, you have to show up. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And good job, like for doing the solos and just, you know, going forward with it. Thank you. It still feels really awkward just sort of talking into a mic on end. I know. Or like sometimes I try like same kind of thing. Like I tell my clients to like go live or do videos, you know, but like, I don't do this very often, but when I do, I'm like, oh my God, these people that do it so naturally, they're amazing. Cause I feel like a complete idiot, you know, just talking to myself, like looking at my reflection in the phone, you know what I mean? 
<laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but one of the things I tell people is let's take LinkedIn, for example, you're scrolling LinkedIn, you see all these, you know, women in your feed running businesses, and you probably say to yourself, they really must know what they're doing. They've got it all together. They're, they must be so, you know, their business must be killing it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't possibly do that. But the only difference between them and you, you know, if you're not showing up on LinkedIn is that they decided to show up. Right. And so the minute you start doing, you know, showing up on LinkedIn, there are probably women who will see your name in the feed and think, oh, she's really got it together. Like she knows what she's doing. Her business must be killing it. And so if I could apply that same, you know, philosophy to my own business, and, you know, it's kind of like what you said about other people who are doing this and just, they must, they're doing so, so doing it so well, all they did was show up, right? Yeah. That's the first step. Maybe the first time they did it, it was crap, but mm-hmm. they did, they showed up again. And, uh, and if I'm going to, you know, encourage my, my clients and my students to do that, I have to apply it to myself. Yeah. Totally. I love that. You know, and I, and I think, and I've said this on the podcast before, like, I think we, we judge ourselves way more than other people do. You know what I mean? Like they're not looking at like what we're saying or how we're showing up the way that we do. So I think like a lot of us get stuck in fear sometime of like just putting ourselves out there, you know? Oh my God. Totally. I always tell people the internet has a very short attention span. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Nobody cares that much. Like you're not that important. Nobody, (laughs) nobody cares that much. Something that you are still like feeling so embarrassed about other people. It's not even a blip on their radar. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. Makes total sense. Um, and this is my other favorite question before I get to like all your favorites. Um, what is like your favorite way that you market your business? Um, or like, like your most effective way that you've learned over the years that you like to use to market your business? Well, it probably won't surprise you to learn that it's LinkedIn. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I love it though. <laughs> well, you know, you have to think about marketing and I know you do in like a couple of different ways, right? There are the people, there's awareness, right? How do you get in front mm-hmm. of people and help them start to learn about you? That's how I use LinkedIn. But I really enjoy my newsletter and the podcast because you know, people don't go from just hearing about you to just signing up for something. There's a lot of education and getting to know you and building that know, like, and trust factor. And so that's, I think, you know, that happens a lot on my newsletter and on the podcast. And so I see them working really well together. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think I saw a stat. It was actually yesterday because I was looking for like a stat to share. Um, And I think it said like 77% of B2B business owners won't even talk to someone about sales or a salesperson or anything like that until they do their own research, like on their own. So like to tell, you know, so until they're ready and they're not going to like pick up the phone and want to talk to you, but they're going to be researching you and looking for you and finding you, you know? And so like LinkedIn would be a perfect place for them to do their research and come across your profile, you know? Absolutely. Well, so I'll, you know, just to sort of build on that, there's a statistic out there that says that anywhere from two thirds to 90% of the sales process happens before somebody actually even reaches out. Wow. So that's the education process that you're talking about. uh, And the sort of following along and learning about you and all of that. So, you know, one way that plays out, I mean, that's why, that's why LinkedIn is perfect because people do need to have some sort of education process before they reach out, want to have a conversation, et cetera. But 
you know, it's also why sometimes I'll work with women and they'll say, I put my, you know, Calendly scheduling link on my profile so that people can book a call, but nobody's booked a call. (laughs) And I say to them, you know, of course, first of all, like, would you put yourself on somebody else's calendar who you've never talked to? Probably not. But that's because people have to go through their own process. But when you do that, it's extremely effective. I have women who uh, people reach out to them, their ideal clients, the VPs of marketing or the CMO or the chief HR officer or what, what have you. And they reach out and they say, I've been following you for months. Or sometimes I've been following you for years. And, you know, of course, we want it to happen as fast as possible. But, you know, we can't sort of circumvent the process. We just have to let people go through it on their own and show up when they're ready. Yes, I love that. And I think, yeah, I I love that you pointed that out because I know when I talk to a lot of people, they're just so like almost deflated because they're like people, you know, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm putting it out there, you know, but like uh, people don't realize that the engagement isn't as strong, but people are looking, you know what I mean? They are kind of watching you, seeing what you're doing. And like you just said, they'll, they'll reach out when they're ready. So I just, yeah. like, I always can encourage, like, it's like, okay, keep going, you know, and just will also to make sure you're messaging and you're on the correct platform, like platforms that your people are on. But after we get through that, you know, it's just like, sometimes it takes people longer than the other, you know? Absolutely. We call those impact your pipeline. We call them lurkers. Mm-hmm. And lurkers, your clients are in that lurker category. So let's say you post something and you get uh, a thousand views and 20 likes. Okay. Thousand views and 20 likes. That means that there are 980 people who liked your, or sorry, who saw your post in the feed and did nothing. Right. Those are the lurkers, but your clients are in that group of 980 people following along. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who, you know, the women I work with will say, I had somebody reach out. I've never seen their name pop up at all in a comment or a like, uh, but they've been following along and they want to have a conversation. Yes. I love that. It's so true. So yeah, if you can do it for the lurkers, then you're doing it right. I like that you call them lurkers. I mean, it's better than stalkers, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's cute. I love it. It's like, it, it, like, is memorable. You know what I mean? Totally. And the thing is, we're lurkers too. You know, if, oh, you've yeah. ever, if you've ever read an Amazon review, but you have never written an Amazon review, then you also are a lurker on, say, Amazon. Totally. I've read a lot of Amazon reviews, and I don't think I've ever left. I, I've left one for a book from somebody that I worked with. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, there's a whole philosophy and, you know, statistics on online engagement, but suffice it to say that like 99% of people are lurkers, Mm -hmm. you know, a half a percent are moderately engaging. And then the other, you know, a small percent are um, super active users, but the lurkers are where your people are. And that's the 99%. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's going to be so helpful to all the listeners. Awesome. Okay. So what are your favorites? Um, what's your favorite book? So my favorite book for, well, I read a lot. I do a lot of personal development. I'm a personal development junkie. Me too. And so <laughs> like, every, course, like that, every few, but like few weeks, I get a new book. My husband's like, Oh my God, haven't you read enough of them? I'm like, Nope, I have not. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. Okay. So my favorite book is called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's amazing. I recommend it to everybody, every business owner, but also every 
every person who wants to better themselves. Yeah. Um, it's been recommended on the podcast before, but I've never read it. And so we do a like a book club as well. And so I'm just going to make a note that I think that's going to be our September one. Cause it has been recommended a few times. Oh, do it. It's super short. Okay. You can like read it in a weekend. Oh, awesome. If have, okay. If you have kids, you can read it in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. I, yes, I have kids. So it'll take me about two weeks. I, that's why I give myself a whole <laughs> month really. <laughs> um, well, I read it. The reason I say that is I read it before I had kids and I did read it in a weekend. And so, but I'm like, mm, realistically, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, totally. How old are your kids? Well, so I have one kid. I have, I have a two-year-old. And, oh um, yeah. But I also have a very uh, attentive and needy dog. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two's hard. I mean, not hard, but it's like a super fun age, but yeah, they are like into everything and just not. mine are 11 and eight. So they can take care of like themselves a little bit more. So I do get a little bit more reading time. So you can look forward to that, but yeah, two, that's a busy time. <laughs> <laughs> very. Um, and what's your favorite drink? Uh, alcoholic or non either. Ooh, I love coffee. I just yeah. do. I do too. I mean, it's amazing. Like that first cup in the morning, there's like not much better than that. <laughs> yeah. I love the ritual of it. So yeah. I'll have to go with coffee. Awesome. I love it. Um, favorite thing to relax. Ooh, uh, probably reading, probably mm. reading. It's a good one. You know, when I can just get some quiet time, I'm, like I said, I'm an introvert. I need a lot of alone time. Mm-hmm. And so reading would be probably my number one way to relax. Awesome. Uh, favorite thing to watch if you watch anything? Uh, ooh, good question. I love, I'll get in, I don't watch a ton of TV or, you know, like Netflix or whatever, but mm-hmm. every now and then I will just sort of binge something. My most recent binge was on HBO max. I watched a show called hacks, mm. which is, um, if you have HBO max, it's so worth it. It's, um, Gene Smart plays this uh, older uh, comedian who's been working in the business forever. And she's paired with uh, sort of a young, snarky uh, millennial writer. And, <laughs> but it's, and, you know, of course, like hilarity ensues, but it's such a great commentary on um, what it's like to be a woman in media, a woman in business, uh, mm-hmm. what it's like to, what it's like to sort of run a business where you are the business. Mm-hmm. And what it's like to run a business that lasts. So oh. I just, I loved it on so many levels. Yeah, no, that sounds super interesting. I've never even heard of it, but I, I've, like, you know, like that's super relatable, you know? Yeah, I, it was a definite, bin, definitely bingeable. Awesome. Uh, and the last one, and I'm really excited to hear this answer because it seems like you've been a lot of places. Um, where's your favorite place to go? Ooh, so like travel destinations. Yeah. Or, I mean, I guess it could just be anything really. Like, so I think of all the places I've been, one of my, like my ultimate favorite is Berlin. I spent uh, a total of about six months there over two different summers. Uh, This is, you know, back when we were traveling and running the business Mm -hmm. and it's just such an incredible place. The vibe is so cool. The people are amazing. The city has such rich history and I'm a total history nerd. So uh, I just, I love it. Favorite city, Berlin. 
Oh, that's awesome. And I meant to ask too, like, because I noticed that you said, you know, you're in a certain wine region right now. Like, do y'all, do you still travel with the business or are you like in one spot or just kind of go wherever you want? So that, so now I, you know, live in a, in one place. I, you know, I've sort of settled down the business and the relationship and that sort of travel life was definitely a previous life. Hmm. Um, and now I live, you know, like more like a normal, like a non-digital nomad life. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I am in Brooklyn, which feels like, you know, exciting all the time. And also spending a lot of time on the North Fork of Long Island, which is the wine country I mentioned. Uh, okay. And so we have sort of city and country. So, you know, we get a good mix of both. Yeah. Oh, that sounds amazing. I've never been over there. My husband spent like a few summers in upstate New York. Uh, he worked up there and he just talks about how amazing that area is. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, awesome. Um, where can everybody find you with your website? And like I said, I'll put the um, the freebie in the podcast notes um, and social media, LinkedIn. Like, where can everybody connect with you to you know learn more? Sure. So you can find me on my website at smartgetspaid.com. And if you are listening to this, you're probably in the podcast. So you can check out the Smart Gets Paid podcast. Um, and in terms of social media, it's all LinkedIn. So search for me and find me and connect with me and say hello to me on LinkedIn. Yay. Yeah. I don't think we're connected on LinkedIn. So I'm going to have to fix that too. And I'm really excited to listen to your podcast um, because I think the whole behind the scenes with like your clients, like, I think that's a really, really cool approach. And I just, I can't wait to learn more, honestly. Thanks. I'd love to hear what you think. Yeah, totally. Well, this has been so much fun. Um, thanks again for being so flexible and I just, and for sharing all of these amazing tips. Like it's just been great. Thanks so much for having me. This has been great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely stay um, in touch and yeah. Thanks for listening everyone. And we'll be back next week. Hey guys, want to keep the conversation going? I'd love to have you join me in my free group, the Bubbles and Biz community over on Facebook. We have a weekly accountability meeting, a monthly happy hour, a monthly book club, and also a monthly guest speaker, all for free. Um, I'd love to have you over there. It's a great community of supportive entrepreneurs. So join us, facebook.com backslash groups backslash Bubbles and Biz. See you there. Cheers.